0: We could potentially steal the second seed from from the Grizzlies, and now I'm like, nope, we're gonna sit right here in fourth and fifth. <laughs> nothing is changing, absolutely nothing. Just kidding. Oh man, dude, it's just you look at it and you're like, okay, so of the stars out there, of Katie and Booker, Luca, Kyrie, LeBron and AD, Ja, Jokic, and Steph Curry. Two of those groups are not making it to the second round this year. That is insane to think about. That's insane to think about. That two of those are not making it to the next round. Yeah, that's... uh... Whoever does come out of the West is going to be so exhausted and banged up. Yeah. Like, I genuinely... I can't, man. I have have faith in us winning any seven-game series purely because of Luka. Purely Luca, I I will take Luca uh, over anybody in a seven game series, but oh um, man, I I need Kyrie to not say things that are racist about JFK or about the Jews for four months. Good luck with that. I need uh, Mark Mark needs to like take him to synagogue with him or something on Saturday. Like that's what I need him. To, I do. I need him to do something because okay. uh, there there is a Holocaust museum point nine miles away from the American Airlines Center. It's bad that that had to be in the Dallas Morning News story about the Kyrie Irving trade. Like, please, take him there. Educate him. I don't care if you have to tell Luca to pretend to be a flat earther for four months. Do it, and we may win a championship out of it. Or at least get a finals berth. But, like, oh my god, I fucking hate my life. Okay. I can't, I'm, I'm in a position where I have to defend Kyrie Irving and a Morris brother. Like, this, this is my life now. And I'm very upset about it. <sighs> Couldn't have held out for Pascal Siakam. No, had to go get Kyrie. <laughs> God damn it! Just, just oh, let's just let's go. I'm, I'm upset.
1: I'm just it's going to sure. be okay, Josh. It's going to be okay. All right. Let's let's get this party started. <sighs> Not that I'm not enjoying the. Oh, North Korea
0: is trending. That's not good. What? North Korea is trending on Twitter. Oh, so is peeing. Oh. Okay, maybe maybe North Korea is peeing then.
1: (laughs) All right. Here we go. Three, two, one. Hello, Guardians. Welcome back to Tower Casuals, the Destiny podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Corey DeRagon. Alongside me, as always, is the long shot wielding. Blue milk chugging, Ronto rap feasting, lightsaber touching, master of my Disney hopes and dreams, and the sandwich casual, Josh Finney.
0: Oh, man, it was a much needed vacation, but I came back and instantly was like overwhelmed with shit I needed to do. Right, <laughs> worry, we have an expansion dropping in two and a half weeks, and I'm not mentally prepared for it.
1: I know, dude. I can't believe it's so close.
0: It like, does not I, feel like it should be. Yeah, I know. But yeah, no, the the first like six weeks of this month just, of this year have just completely blown by. I'm not yeah. overly thrilled about it. Uh, all I'm gonna say is, I was incredibly happy when I went on vacation. And saw that there was no. We also we're three weeks out. We're two and a half weeks out. And we don't have a Vidoc yet either. Yeah, that's not exactly inspiring confidence in me. That's um, it'll be,
1: it's coming like it'll probably be here like next week or
0: the week after. Pro- it, honestly, it's probably like a Monday morning drop. Yeah, um, they will be like surprise. And we'll be like ah. I saw the uh, I saw the article that dropped last week, and I was just like, oh thank god, thank <laughs> god, it's not the Strand Block. If it was the Strand <laughs> Block we were going to have to figure, we were going to have to figure something out. Uh, we would have done an emergency, we would have convened an emergency pod um, or at least recorded a section and had me on it. But yeah. yeah. And then I saw that the uh, the Strand stuff was dropping while I was in Florida. I was like, oh, I'll be back in time. Thank God. Just yeah. thank God. The, everything worked out perfectly. I took a vacation at an extremely risky time. Uh, but it was a much much-needed vacation I had a server that looked like Benjamin Franklin if he brewed his own moonshine yes he told me about it was wild moonshine Franklin yeah and his uh his serving assistant Tommy J yeah he looked he, he kind of looked like Thomas Jefferson without the wig it was uh a little wild I think they were supposed oh. to be French but that's yeah. so funny Tommy J and moonshine Franklin uh found out that uh, you know Kyrie came to the Mavs, which caused me to audibly scream out loud on a bus and not in a good way. Yeah, I'm. I'm Um,
1: sorry. I messaged you that, and I was like, I don't know if this is a great time to be messaging him this news,
0: especially. That's (laughs) how I I found out. (laughs) I I I can disclose this. I found out through my Twitter DMs that we had Kyrie being traded to us. Uh, My phone, all out of nowhere, just started blowing up. Um. And i was like what the hell and i looked down at it and i'm getting texts i'm getting dms and uh i thought i at first when i when i saw the first message i genuinely thought that i was being like somebody was playing with me because uh one of my one of my best friends is a huge nba fan i thought he was joking with me because he knows how desperate we are to get a second star next to Luke. i was like dude there's no way and then your message i was like oh shit Kyrie is here. God damn it. I got to actually Google this. So I had to Google it. I was, I was very upset. Everybody else was like, ha you guys got Kyrie. And I'm like, God, fuck y'all. Fuck y'all. I'm not in the mood to deal with this right now. Um, it's been a very distressing week for me. The Super Bowl is about to be insufferable. Sorry to any uh, Eagles or Chiefs fans that listen to this. I don't care about either of your teams. I don't like either of your teams.
1: Yeah, I think it's safe to say I'll be skipping the
0: uh, Yeah, I'm 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 sitting I'm sitting this one out. Um I mean, it might be on in like the
1: background or anything, but I'm not like taking time out of my Yeah. Watch I'll, I'll have, have it, it on for two.
0: one reason and that's because uh, Xbox is rumored to have a uh, commercial slot booked. Yeah. Um and I'm absolutely convinced that if they do actually have one, it's either just a generic Game Pass commercial or it's the Starfield release date. I think, I think it's a Starfield commercial. If it's a fucking Starfield commercial, that's the best marketing they've ever done. Yeah. So, um, just, it's going to be a very busy couple of weeks. My collector's edition arrived yesterday. Uh, very excited about that. I don't have the puka up in the office yet. I'm going to find a place for it this week. It is a lot bigger than I thought it was. Is it? So, it it, yeah. It did look it's, big in the commercial. It, it's, like, the... tall and kind of wide. Um... It's definitely, like, it's probably comparable in size to the Hive Ghost, but the stand makes it feel bigger. Right, because it's, um, it's higher. It's probably going to sit up on top of my desk, honestly. I don't know if I'll put it in the background, just because it's a little precarious sitting on there. Okay. Um, of course, people have been diving in, finding all the secrets, all the secret emblems. There's a whole emblem guide I gotta go pull up um, and get my collector's edition emblem redeemed as well. My favorite part is these three little lore books, though, that came with it. So you get it in this really nice case. Uh, if you're watching the YouTube video, you can see it um, has the tr- the old tree that used to be in the tower there, and then uh, you got the Vanguard seal on the back, obviously. Nice little slip case here.
1: It looks like the, it looks like the lore books. That case looks like the like the books that they sell.
0: Uh, yeah, it's it's actually kind of similar. And then um, you've got three three journals in here. Um, One about Osiris, uh, one from the perspective of the Cabal, and then uh, one uh, about Neptune. Uh, These are all notes in the Vanguard archives. I've been reading through some of them. We're going to read a little bit out of Osiris's tonight. Um, You know, now that the information is out there, plenty of us uh, have these. Uh, It's not, I went on vacation just before I went on vacation, like one or two of them had shipped early and people were posting them all over the internet. And I was like, okay, we'll deal with this in 10 days. (laughs) Yeah. uh let's get uh let's get some people in the server with theirs first before we start posting things but also um if it's anything like previous lore books there's gonna be some pretty decent sized spoilers for the game in there uh right. for the expansion so uh don't really <laughs> Maybe read them around. after you
1: play the uh the
0: campaign at least <laughs> i'm definitely reading the, Osir- the osiris stuff definitely takes place before the campaign so i feel okay reading those um from what i've read i've only been able to dive into that and um a little bit of the kaido one um she actually does call Callus a piece of shit in it which is pretty great um but yeah really really slick collector's edition i like it um it's nice it, it, it's nice to, you know very uh, iridescent colored uh the puka is uh, and I'm I'm very very excited to see what's coming here in a couple of weeks. So we we know so little about the expansion. I feel like we know a lot, and at the same time, know absolutely nothing. We know nothing about the story other than, hey, Callus is attacking Ni'amuna, and we probably ride a ship in the first ep- in the first first episode, first mission. Uh, that's about all that we really know. We don't know much beyond that. Uh, I shared a theory that I had in, uh, in the discord about the updated description for the raid a couple of weeks ago. Um, Mm -hmm. and then Bife came out and made a video explaining my own theory way better than I did. So thanks Bife. Thanks. Thanks. guy. Uh, but for, for, for the record, and it's, it's not, not spoilers at all. Um, the, the raid has been updated with the description of, uh, Fighting, basically fighting an ancient evil. Um, I want to get the exact phrasing correct before I misread this and before we dive into the 15 blog posts they posted this week. Um, I needed to pull this up anyways for part of what we're going to discuss tonight. Uh, the new raid. Uh, Ferried from an unknown time and place, a haunting presence has been detected. We must now confront the ancient evil growing at our doorstep. I'm absolutely 100% convinced this is Nezirak. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah we we've expressed our disdain with how uh, Nezarak's plot plotline was handled in uh, season of the plunder, but it would kind of bring everything full circle. You know, we still don't know what Savathun's involvement was uh, in the, uh, in the collapse, just that she helped prevent the annihilation of earth and the traveler. Um, and that we know that Nezarak was the disciple assigned to attack earth. Uh, ergo, why his pyramid ship is crashed on the moon. Um, Mithrax's mother eventually found his body. They took parts of it as the relics that we hunt down and plunder. Very curious to see what happens here. Um, I think there's a lot of really cool potential if it is Nezorak to jump between the past and the future. Or the past and the present, excuse me. I think it would be really cool. It would be the only way that we've seen the collapse. And also, it would be kind of cool to see Sabathune if she was like, oh, like, whoa, what the fuck? Uh, because ghosts and guardians do not exist during the Collapse. Right. Uh, I think there's some really, really cool potential there. Um, but, alas, Bife made a really awesome video. Go check out Bife's video. He His theory is way more detailed than mine. That's just kind of like, I like guess, boilerplate stuff.
1: It's cool, though. It's,
0: it, it would be one of the coolest things they've ever done if they did that. Um, and jumping back and forth between the, uh, the past and the present is uh, not exactly unheard of. Uh, right. You do it in the Vault of Glass.
1: Yeah. I mean, plus, like, I mean, Elsie's whole storyline revolves around that, too. So.
0: Well, and that, that's, that's my whole thing, uh, also, is that, um, you know, Elsie's blessed by the Traveler to uh, be in a time loop. I don't know that we would get caught in a time loop, but I think that there is, like, we we'll call the Grandfather Clause, I think would be really cool to play out there. Yeah, um,
1: I mean we could. I mean, theoret- I mean, theoretically, right? Because like, I mean, even the stuff that we wanted to see in the Infinite Forest, like even that, though that never came to fruition. This could be a chance to make good on that idea. Also, it's
0: true. I would have to think that Elsie and Osiris would probably be the guides through it. Yeah, um, which I think it maybe even Drifter, which would be really cool. Um, you
1: know, what'd be cool too is like you could hide like a secret puzzle exotic it or two in there too
0: oh you would have to there would have to be so many secrets hidden in there um i would hope at that point that you do another quest exotic similar to divinity to divinity yeah that would be the perfect opportunity for it yeah. um all right let's let's go ahead and jump in though we we have an awful lot to get through tonight Corey. yeah we do uh, so let, let's jump in. We're gonna start with we're gonna start with Strand. We're gonna start with Strand. Brand. We got uh we got an awesome blog post and uh a strand teaser video um that posted up on Tuesday, uh on the 7th, Tuesday morning we got this. Uh so I I wanna get the initial impressions out of the way before we dive into all of these. Um just from from the skill sets that we see. It let, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Are you talking about
1: the Titan uh, Super? That's exactly yeah. The I want to talk
0: about the Titan Super because <laughs> when the these story. were first shown off with the Lightfall reveal, we were like, you know, we're not exactly thrilled that it's another punchy class, but we'll wait to see it in action before we issue too much judgment. Now that we're kind of seeing it in action, combined with the quote that we got from. Uh, not I I don't want to misattribute it to Kevin Yanes, but I think it was posted on the uh, Destiny Two Team Twitter account, basically saying, "Hey, you know Titans, we see you, we understand. You know, some of you may are are probably disappointed in uh, having another you know fist based subclass, but they are trying to lean into the power fantasy of Titans, and that's like breaking shit. I don't I don't know how I feel about that. They
1: did that with Stasis,
0: so. Yeah, that, that's, so I, I wanted to address that because you now have Fists of Havoc, you have Behemoth, and now you're going to have, um, oh my god, I'm completely Berserker. forgetting. Berserker. Berserker! Now, I I, I do want to say Berserker looks fucking cool. Those blades coming off your arm look fucking cool. It reminds me of Kratos. Kratos. And I saw this kicked around in the Discord and they were like, what if you could use it like Kratos? And it's like, just, I mean, simply put, you you couldn't do that. That would be so insanely overpowered in PvP. If this was a PvE only game, I 100% think that's what the super would be. Um, But I think PvP causes you to rein it in a little bit. Again, I want to wait until we actually get to play with this. But I I mean, I gotta, I gotta kind of agree with what I've seen. A lot of Titans, Titan main saying is, they're not thrilled about this. And then on top of that, Thundercrash is getting nerfed. Yeah, I know. Which I we're going to talk about in the abilities post a little bit later. Uh, that's none of that is exactly inspiring. Um, yeah, it's very difficult to justify using Fist of Havoc, Behemoth, and I'm. I don't know what Berserker looks. I don't know what Berserker is going to look like. It is entirely possible the abilities are just so fucking good.
1: Well, they they have the, that they have know. that really cool ability with that new the new exotic boots, right? Where like you throw up a shield and it shoots out uh tracking uh rockets, Rust. right? Like that's that's a cool feature, but like I, I that's I don't know if that's enough. So, like again. Uh, got to play around with it and see what works well with it. But
0: like, so let's, we're, we're going to kind of jump around in this post. I, I want to talk about, we're going to talk about Titans first though. We're gonna talk about Titans first. That's easily, easily the most controversial part here is the Titan. Yeah. Uh, because I think, I think they pretty much nailed Hunter and Warlock just from the early impressions. Yeah. Um, I want to present the tight, I want to present kind of a, a devil's advocate argument for Berserker here. Um, and why I think we should all be a little cautious before we start screaming about it's just another punchy subclass and, like, kind of stop with the memes a little bit. With the abilities they're giving it here, I don't think it's a redux of Behemoth, which was pretty much useless in PvE right from the beginning. Um, I do think that there is going to be some utility. It's not a grenade-based subclass either. So, like, part of what makes Arc Titan so good right now are those Storm Grenades, which we know we're getting a bit of a nerf in Lightfall. But... You and you look at all the grenade options with the other classes. Um and not 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 including stasis, but with the three light subclasses, and you got the three for uh the three or four in stasis. There is no grenade with strand. It's grapple. I think that's gonna cause the other abilities to be obviously supercharged. I think this is kind of the ability subclass to where like if you don't need that raw DPS that Thundercrash gives you. I could very well see. Okay, hey, we've got a bubble titan, but if you have more than one titan instead of running Thundercrash, maybe you're running Strand just to help with uh, help suspend enemies. You know, because uh, the three verbs that we're going to talk about here, and I want to get these in, are suspend, unravel, and sever. And so to, to define those, uh, suspend, a suspended PvE enemy is lifted off the ground for a brief duration and is essentially disabled. So think of like a marionette almost. Um, and in PvP, suspended players are lifted off the ground but can still move slowly and fire a weapon to fight back. You just can't zoom in. Uh, unravel Attacking an unraveled enemy will cause threads to burst out of the target and attack other nearby targets. Once hit, the target becomes unraveled and severed a severed enemy is less capable of affecting the material world reducing their damage output as a result i can absolutely see since titans are already the tanks what if titans are also weakening everything for the rest of the team yeah providing those debuffs cuz these strand debuffs i think are going to be huge in raids yeah i don't know i i don't know how the supers are going to be in terms of like boss dps but I think in terms of like support classes like if you've got somebody who like has just the meta loadout for their stuff. You know they they've got their uh, we're using we're using linear as an example here. Like say linear fusions are still top tier DPS. They've got their they've got their type on. They they've got their secondary weapons ready to go. They've got all their you know abilities kind of fine tuned. They could be dealing all of this if they're not in charge of providing the debuff for void, for example. Like if you're a hunter or a titan, and you could be just buffing debuffing all the other targets, all the ads even like orange bars and stuff like that for your team to mow down. Like I'm, I'm thinking of things like um, the final encounter about a disciple or even an exhibition. I I'm thinking of those particular encounters when I think of just the waves of enemies that come at you and how you can now granted like those are, those are much easier than when they first came out. But I'm thinking of that. I'm thinking of the final mission in the witch queen campaign. Uh, I'm thinking of the circular room where you fight the, the giant scorn boss during the campaign, and there's just again waves of enemies coming at you. I don't know how viable it's going to be in three v uh, in uh, three person activities such as dungeons, but I think in raids there's definitely a place for somebody to be running strand. Like just just gut reaction from looking at all of this. Yeah. <laughs> so Titan, let's talk about let's talk about berserkers. The Titan Strand Melee ability is Frenzied Blade. When you press the melee button, the Titan dashes forward and slashes at enemies with their Strand Arm Blades, severing victims and decreasing damage output. With a default set of three charges, Titans can can chain these slashes together for maximum offensive power. I think that's fucking cool. Yeah, that's cool. I think that's going to be really fucking busted in PvP initially, by the way. Yeah. In something like Momentum Control, if you can stay alive long enough to get close, I can absolutely see that being, like, that's almost like a mini Spectral Blade, it sounds like. Which I'm down with, because that's not shoulder charge or hammers or shield bash. Like, this is a totally new ability, and I think that's something that they've always kind of nailed with the Titans, I think, is the the hard melee. Yeah. So I'm glad to see that's continuing. I, I think that that is leaning into the power fantasy of the class. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the the aspects that you're going to get. Into the fray, destroying a tangle weaves woven mail unto the Titan and nearby allies. In addition to reducing damage taken, this aspect also increases the Titan's melee energy regeneration while wearing woven mail. that Between this and the grapple, you can absolutely make your dream melee build here. Like, I absolutely cannot wait to see what happens with Demolitionist. I I think there are just some absolutely absurd things that are going to happen here. And then Dreger's Lash. When the Titan casts their class ability, so your barricade, Titans will blast forward a powerful ripple in reality, suspending enemies caught in the Shockwave's path. That, combined with the uh, exotic that Corey was talking about earlier, Again, you're going to see some wild shit. Yeah. So I think as a support class, this is going to be an awesome class to use. Yeah. I guess it could be an awful lot of fun. But again, we have to talk about the super. Blade Fury. Sees Titan's dual-wield fist blades and roaming the battlefield with ill intent. The super's light attack is a supercharged version of the frenzied blade melee attack. So essentially spectral blades. And each light attack that connects increases the next attack's speed, which tops out after three hits. In addition, connecting light attacks also builds energy for the super's heavy attack with each hit. With the heavy attack, the Titan hurls a pair of projectiles forward that seek out enemies, suspending and damaging them on impact. This is going to be awesome in PvP. I understand that we all want another Titan super that can be really, really good in PvE without having to have, like, some absurd build. John has a great Behemoth build, yeah, but...
1: Yeah, I think so we all it's want.
0: Awesome. I think we all want more for PVE. In PVP, this is going to be awesome. Titans have yet another great build. I think for PVP, so I'm, I'm very, very, very excited. Um, Corey, yeah, as thinking. as our resident Titan, how how are you feeling after? Hearing all that, basically hearing that this is this is a melee focused class. What are the odds of you personally, the way you play your Titan? You I
1: play? mean, I love a good melee, uh, a good melee up close and personal mm-hmm. Titan build, right? Like that. That's not. I don't think that's what I'm upset about about the Strand Titan. Like, I think there's a lot of cool things you can do with the outside abilities. It's the the super in particular because it's 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 almost shot for shot the same as a striker Titan that's not using thunder crash right like yeah that's that's like I think the blades are cool I think I think having a up close and like a super punchy Titan with you know with a glaive or a shotgun up close mixed with that with cool melee abilities is gonna be super awesome right I, I think I really do think that's gonna be awesome uh my my main concern though is just the the man i just i can't get over it's just it's just green striker titan <laughs> that's super you know
0: Ugh. I, I i will say i really like the idea of there being two different supers you can use here um, yeah. not necessarily two different but you have your up close and personal and then you can st- you can build the energy for a mega attack i want to see how that works in pve because it could be something as simple as hey wipe out a bunch of ads and then hurl your blades at the boss or at the mini boss or something i could see that being something really cool i fully expect to see a totally broken build within a week of this coming out um i think that's going to be a lot of fun personally um but i i agree i think that of the Of the three, I think that it's a problem. Yeah. Um problem problem's the wrong terminology. I think that it's it's the most uninspired. It's uninspired, but I still I don't know. I still kinda like it. I think if you're really into like making wacky melee builds, this is gonna be a lot of fun. But I think it's yeah. kind of a specialized class at the same time. Like I can see it being good for some encounters. I I guess I'm always thinking in terms of endgame. I think in PvP this is absolutely gonna destroy though. I'm just gonna wreck on tiny maps.
1: Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think, I think this is a, a class that I think hardcore players who play Titan are gonna have fun making different types of builds, especially for mm-hmm. PvP. Um, and I think it's gonna work, right? I think it's gonna work for them, and I think it's gonna be great when people start putting builds out. It's, it's, it's just that initial impression, you know, and maybe. <sighs> You know, Josh, maybe in, in my old age, I'm just a grumpy curmudgeon who hates everything that he sees at first glance, right? I mean, that's just yeah. that's just how it is, Josh. But at the end of the day, man, like, I still think when, when we got the Hammer, when we got Solar Titan in Destiny 1 and like you had a projectile that you could throw or you could have the heavy hammer that you could, like, shoot solar out across the ground. And that was super cool. And, like, so the stuff that they've added in Destiny 2 to the Solar Titan. And, uh, you know, even even the Sentinel Titan, right? When you're not on bubble, you could throw the shield. And, like, having that projectile and being able to move around it was super cool. Uh, and just to have, like, another big kind of clunky i can't really have that much control using my super and granted we haven't seen the rest of the super and how you can customize it right and i'm judging this by a, a you know like a two a two minute trailer with like you know other subclasses and everything so really like 30 maybe 20 seconds of footage of a titan but like you know it, it's just it feels uninspired a little bit but I, I'm also excited because and, and I'm sure we'll talk about this a little bit later, but they said, you know, at, towards the end of the campaign that you're going to have close to a full build for the subclass yeah. with aspects and everything to play around with, uh, which has me excited. Uh, unlike, yeah. None, unlike, none of this,
0: uh, stasis bullshit. Stasis. Oh my gosh. That was, which is just... still horrible years later. And it's the sole reason why I don't have shade binder unlocked on my warlock. Yeah. Um, I would like to play a shade binder and I can't, um, all right, let's, let's 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 move on a little bit. We got we got two other subclasses to get through here. Yeah. Uh, broodweaver, the warlocks. The warlock is our strand minion master. So this is kind of wild. Uh, threadlings are explosive minions woven from strand matter. The broodweaver, being the cerebral type, is more in tune with threadlings than the other classes. Threadlings will run forward, jump on enemies, and explode. But only the warlock's threadlings will return to the warlock and travel with them if they can't find a target. So that's kind of wild first off. So here's here's the Strand Aspects. Uh, I'm very excited. So the Aspects, uh, Weaver's Call. On Rift Cast, the Warlock weaves three Threadling Eggs, which hatch into Threadlings when they hit a surface. Any Perched Threadlings are converted to additional eggs. And then in Mindspun Invocation. This Aspect improves several of the Warlock's abilities. Grapple. When you execute a grapple melee, the Warlock weaves three Threadling eggs from the target. Threadling Grenade. You can consume your grenade to generate a full complement of Perched Threadlings. Shackle Grenade. You can consume your Shackle Grenade to gain a buff, creating Suspending Detonation on every kill. It culminates in the Super Needle Storm, a deadly combination of burst damage and area denial. On cast, the Warlock conjures Strand Matter into a full of Hardened Spikes launching them forward with a wave of their hand. The missiles will stick into enemies and the environment alike before detonating and reweaving themselves into an army of Threadlings that will hunt down any survivors. This is another one. I need to see how this looks up close and personal Um, when it comes to, like, boss DPS. I think this is another one where, hey, if you have a bunch of Warlocks on a raid team, which, let's be honest, there's a lot of Warlocks usually on a raid team, um... Maybe you get one or two of these guys. Maybe you get one of these in here to just use their super for ad clear. Yeah. Um, in certain encounters. I could see this being a huge help. Um, I think again, I think this is gonna be a problem in PvP. I I think that's like the, kind of the common thing with Strand is man, this feels like it's gonna be a problem with PvP. Like when we saw Shade Binder and Revenant for Stasis, I think we already knew these are gonna be a problem in PvP, but these are gonna be awesome in PvE. Like these. Even if Binder is really just like super effective at clearing enemies, like once you got those stasis turrets, damn, that's enough of a reason to run it. Pair that with Agers, and you're good to go. Um, right. I think Revenant, the Revenant super has always been useful in PvE and PvP alike, um, even after some nerfs. This is the one, this is, this. I think this is the most intriguing super to me. This is the most intriguing class. We have the least written about this class and I really want to see how this works, because this could either be super OP or super underwhelming. Yeah. Um, either way, I don't think that this class is going to launch balance. That's they're either going to launch it really weak, just in case, because we all saw what happened with shade binder when it first came out. Um, or it's going to launch completely hopelessly broken. And we're going to have a, uh, we're going to have a redo of shade binder. <laughs> so, <laughs> We don't have a we do have a warlock here to ask about, so you're just gonna have to take my opinion on it.
1: <laughs> it's okay. Look, all the all the warlocks in the Discord will be mad. Nerd general <laughs> says DMS in the morning. They'll be like
0: What the fuck guys? What are you doing? What the fuck? Uh thread runners, the hunters. Whew. Okay, so this is this is clearly the movement mobility class. Um Really curious about this one. So, from attacking multiple enemies at once while mid-air to using a new rope dart weapon that benefits from maximum agility, it's no wonder playing Threadrunner has been compared to the thrill of watching a superhero come to life. The melee attack. Threaded Spike has the hunter hurling out a rope dart that bounces between enemies, damaging and severing them before returning to the hunter. Upon return, it grants melee energy for every enemy hit. Hunters can catch the rope dart by pressing the melee input button at the right time. Perfecting the timing will earn the player an additional amount of melee energy. Holy shit. <laughs> this with things like uh liar's handshake or like Ankar's spine is going to be nutty. Yeah. This is going to be absolutely nutty. I want to see, I want to see exactly how this works, but I think this is going to be this with like one, two punch shoddies could be a lot of fun. Uh of course the two strand aspects, ensnaring slam while in the air, press the air move input to slam downwards, suspending all nearby enemies. So definitely a move that I feel belong I'm the tit- the hunters keep getting these slam moves, okay? And I keep feeling like these need to be Titan moves. Yeah. This feels Everybody like wants a wants to be a Titan, Josh. You know? This feels like a Titan move to me. Um not complaining, but uh this is Another, yet another subclass that uh, that this happens we had this with um, oh my god shattered we had this with shatter dive we had this with uh, the uh, there there's the uh, the melee slam god I'm completely forgetting what it's called there's the melee slam with uh, void and then uh, you even get the uh, the dodge flip on solar to make everybody radiant so we've got enough slams now everybody I promise you <laughs> Uh, Widow Silk. This aspect grants an additional grenade charge. The hunter's grapple ability creates a persistent grapple tangle when it latches, which fully refunds grenade energy when grappled to. Hunters can use this ability to set up chains of grapple points that the entire team can use, greatly enhancing their ability to quickly move around in combat and or traverse the environment. The lethal combination of grapple and rope dart converge with the super Silk Strike. When activated, the hunter uses their grapple to freely move through the world in third-person view while also throwing their rope dart to strike down enemies. Hunters will be able to use grapple more often during the super, and the rope dart features both a light and heavy attack. The light attack is meant for single opponents. and can be used in air and on the ground. When on the ground, the hunter can chain attacks seamlessly. Hitting an enemy with the tip of the dart deals bonus damage, and defeating an enemy causes the enemy to explode. The heavy attack has the hunter swing the rope dart around in 360-degree arc, damaging all nearby enemies. As with the light attack, this can be used on the ground or in the air. I... again, I need to see this in practice, like not just in a 90-second trailer, but that's kind of dope. Yeah, it sounds pretty cool, actually. It's kind of what I had hoped that the Titan Super would be, frankly. Would, would you feel better if this super was the Titan Super? I mean, maybe. This kind I, of I play, cool. this plays into that God of War fantasy we were talking about.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's if, cool.
0: a rope dart, if you're, like, chucking your, chucking your blades and whatnot.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's cool. Like, I, I really like the chains in God of War. Like, I, I think it... I like the speed of the combat, and I think if you want to do some sort of melee, like style build, I think some range a ranged melee would be super cool, right? Like I think that works. I think that'd be super cool. I mean, I know this isn't necessarily a a range thing or a melee thing, but like it's super cool. Like it's a it's a cool it's a cool ability, and yeah, a little bit jealous. I mean, you can have my green striker move if you want. Uh, I'm good. I'm
0: good. I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <I don't> want. <laughs> we don't do that here. Um, yeah, I, I think that this is going to be kind of cool. And I do like that it's leaning into Hunters already being the mobility class. I think that mm-hmm. makes it a lot of fun, too. Yeah. Um, but I want to see how grapples feel. If grapples don't feel good, then this whole class isn't going to feel good. That's the problem. Yeah. Um, and we still have yet to see how grapple points are going to be used in PvP. Because this class could be a major problem in PvP. Mm -hmm. Um, and not just ability wise, but because you can create grapple points for your whole team. Mm -hmm. There could be a lot of issues. You can attack from midair with it. You get better better airborne effectiveness, things like that. Um, Yeah. I want to read a little bit of background on, uh, on strand up here before we, uh, before we move too much further. Give
1: me Um, that background,
0: um, Josh. Yeah. I probably should have done this, but we, we want to jump straight into the Titans. Yeah. Think of an era where fil- a film where no explosion was too big and no action set piece was too over the top. That aesthetic informed much of Lightfall's tone and had a big influence in Strand itself, even before it was formerly known as Strand. The team had many concepts for Damage Type 5, as it was originally called in development, before aligning on the feature set and lore that brought it to life. We had a few frontrunner concepts for a while, says Kevin Yanes. Part of my desire was to have something more astral in the game. Strand also aligned really well to the fantasy of the product, the 80s action hero. There wasn't a single aha moment where all threads of Strand near, fell neatly into place. Instead, it was a result of a continuous dialogue with the team about what would make for exciting gameplay, what makes sense from a narrative standpoint, and how they could make those ideas manifest in the game. Its Damage Type 5 slowly morphed into something a bit more specific, then called Dark Telekinesis, which evolved further, eventually manifesting into what we have today. Uh, We had a lot of conversations about where weaves came from and trying to reinforce the physical language for how it manifests and looks to make it feel like it was the same darkness family as stasis. The more the team talked, the more concepts and evocative language that describes strand with terms and descriptors like weave tangle and universal strengths of consciousness came to be. It's everyone building on everyone's ideas, says Eric Smith, how we choose to implement these things affects how we talk about it and vice versa. Weaving objects instead of spawning objects or summoning objects. It becomes part of the aesthetic. Um, And then um, I meant to read this when we were talking about uh, the debuffs. The major buff coming with Strand is Woven Mail. We talked about that earlier with uh, with the Titan. With this ability, the Guardian is sheathed in a protective mesh of Strand matter, reducing incoming damage. Note that in PvP, Woven Mail will only reduce damage taken on the body. Head damage and melee damage will continue as normal. Um, and then there's several, uh, there's several paragraphs here about the grapple. Um, you guys can go and read that. Um, I'm totally on board. Um, one of the thoughts that they have is I defeat an enemy with my melee ability. They unwind into a tangle. I grapple onto the tangle, which refunds my grapple and snatch the tangle out of midair. Then hurl the tangle at a group of enemies in the distance, grappling onto it again while it flies and pulls me through the air behind it that's kind of wild I, yeah, i'm very cool. interested to see how combo moves are going to work here
1: oh my gosh i mean they literally showed the the yeeting titan with somebody attached to the Titan, right like in one of the things yeah. so
0: i'm ve- i'm so excited and especially like knowing you can do like the slam or like you could ride a titan doing that and then uh, unleash the hunter super could be absolutely yeah. wild yeah um Let's talk, and then let's talk about these, uh, these, these fragments. They, they have four fragments that we're going to talk about now. The rest we're going to be able to find out about in game. Thread of ascent, activating your grenade ability reloads equipped weapon and grants increased weapon handling and airborne effectiveness for a short time. Uh, that's going to be uh, a very PVP heavy aspect. Thread of fury, damaging targets with a tangle grants melee energy. Thread of finality, finishers generate threadlings. Threat of warding, picking up an orb of power grants, woven mail. That's going to be another essential one, I think. Yeah. Um, there was one other thing I wanted to read in here, and I don't know where it... Where, where the hell was it? Where was is it? The, well, so I'm kind of annoyed because the way this blog post is broken up is really aggravating.
1: Um, yeah. It seems... It's, it was that way, too, last week. Yeah we They're were right. all doing, I had to Okay, like jump so all it's
0: down here. It's not even bolded. That's why I couldn't find it. Uh, about the grenades really quickly. So there are actual grenades, but this is like a throwaway two sentences here. Um, Strand will see three new grenades, including grapple, which is controlled with the grenade button. The threadling grenade splits into three projectiles that weave into threadlings upon impact. Shackle grenade effectively acts as a bola, detonating in a suspending blast and sending out smaller secondary bolas to suspend nearby enemies. So, again, you're going to have to decide, do you want the grapple, or do you want this? And, like, maybe if you're not as good with your mobility, a.k.a. me, you might go for, like, this, what sounds like a swarm grenade, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah,
1: this this definitely sounds like, a, you know... Yeah, it definitely sounds like if you want to be agile and move around the environment quick and pull off cool shots and stuff, you're going to want to grapple. But if you are, like... Like, a Titan, the Titan, for example, like, if you're building an up-close melee-type build and you want to throw a grenade, like, you're going to want to throw a grenade in there to, like, do some sort of damage before you get in there to start punching people in the face, right? Like that. Yeah. I'm glad they're giving you the choice of a grenade or the the uh, grapple, though.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm down. I'm glad that it's not, it's not like it sounded, like, at first, which... When they first revealed Strand, it sounded like there were no grenades, period. And, I mean, in fact, that was, like, kind of my belief. That's literally two sentences tucked in there at the end. Mm-hmm. It's two sentences. If you didn't read the Warlock description, you wouldn't. You could probably skip through this entire thing, like I did, on two reads of this and not see the grenade abilities. Um, yeah. So that's kind of aggravating. All right. That's one blog post now. We have two more to get through. Two more, everybody. Strap oh, in. Man. I gotta get a drink. <laughs> I brought, I a, brought sippy a Gatorade sip. with me this week sippy sip I brought a Red Bull and a water Ugh.
1: Red Bull's for the energy though because it's been a long week
0: <laughs> this is a Gatorade energy drink what? yep, fast twitch fast twitch That from the makers of Gatorade Oh, it has caffeine and electrolytes in it it's actually not bad 10 calories for the whole bottle Interesting. It's actually, it's not terrible. It's a uh, strawberry watermelon. Yep. Strawberry watermelon. It's actually pretty decent. Hmm. Um, I got the blue one also. I wanted to try them and see how they work. But alas. Alas. Oh. Okay. So I'm, I'm not going to read a lot here at the beginning. Road traveled. Uh, not going to read that. You guys can, can read this yourselves if you really want to uh, talk about that. It's kind of like the history of subclass 3.0, what we've done, etc. Moving forward, our goal with Ability Uptime in both PvE and PvP is to get back roughly to where we were when the 30th anniversary pack launched in December 2021. Thank you, God. Widely regarded as one of the best sandboxes we've ever had in the history of the game. Widely. Widely regarded as the best sandbox, and then everything went haywire for the last year. We're making changes to the ability energy economy in Lightfall and subsequent seasons to correct ability uptime while still rewarding players for investing in build crafting and fine-tuning their guardian into the perfect monster slaying machine. <sighs> for Lightfall, we are making the following change based on passive cooldown gains. rescaled the... Eff- the efficacy of Discipline, Strength, and each Class Ability stat on Grenade, Melee, and Class Ability regeneration rates. In general, the regeneration provided by a Tier ten stat is now roughly equivalent to Tier eight in the previous system. That's very good. That's very, very good. You don't have to invest nearly as much in these. Each stat tier now provides a more consistent gain in cooldown reduction rather than spiking heavily at lower tiers. Destiny 2 is a game about space magic and your abilities will always be central to the combat loop. While this change looks like a lot on paper, we believe build crafting improvements coming in Lightfall will more than make up for it. As a quick example, your legendary armor now has three type-specific mod slots, up from two. They can fit a wide variety of mods They are no longer restricted by elemental affinity. Starting in Lightfall, you can run all of the following ability-generating mods at the same time and be more freely able to socket multiple copies of each. Those include Bomber, Outreach, Impact Induction, Utility, Melee, and Grenade Kickstart, Invigoration, Insulation, Innervation, Hands-On, Ashes-to-Assets, Dynamo. Very, very excited for these. <laughs> Additionally, armor mod energy costs have been reduced across the board, and artifact mods no longer can be slotted under your armor, giving you more space to build craft to your heart's content. In fact, so much is changing and being added in Lightfall that we expect players will find unique combinations of mods and perks that we didn't anticipate in the coming seasons, we'll continue to tune the greater ability energy economy along with updates to specific ability potency to make them feel more powerful. And then here's the one that I'm so happy about. In a recent patch, <laughs> they they nerfed dodge. And instantly, we all complained about it. We're like, why did this need to be changed? This really didn't need to be changed. Marksman dodge base cooldown reduced from 34 seconds to 29 seconds. Gambler's dodge base cooldown reduced from 46 to 38 seconds. Um Because they feel that the cooldown under the new scaling system puts them into a good place. Thank God. Thank God. Only two and a half more weeks of uh, my dodges being not as good. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Get good at dodging, Josh. Dude, I I do. I just I need I need my dodges, man. Um, (laughs) Roaming supers. Increase the maximum number of Orbs of Power that can be created via defeating targets from 5 to 7. And one-off Supers have been reduced from 7 to 5. The Orb of Power generation from Well of Radiance, Ward of Dawn, and both Shadow Shot variants is unchanged. We're also making a change to the only three Supers in our longest cooldown tier, reducing their base cooldown by one tier. And that is Hammer of Soul, Daybreak, and and Spectral Blades. Base cooldown has been reduced... By a full minute and nine seconds from ten twenty-five to nine sixteen. Alright, everyone bear with me. We've got we've got we've got some abilities we gotta get through and talk about here. And we're gonna take some time to talk about Ward of Dawn here. Oh, boy. Ward of Dawn. With Void 3.0, Ward of Dawn was reintroduced as a selectable super rather than being tied to Sentinel Shield. As we're as we've introduced more objective game types into Crucible with zone control. Iron Banner Fortress and Zone Capture Trials, it's become clear that Ward of Dawn is over overpower- overperforming. No, no shit. No. No shit. It's not overperforming. You it is overperforming. Mouth. I got tired oh, of geez. bubble the game. We don't want to reduce its functionality in PvE content, and in general, we still want Ward of Dawn to be a strong option when you need to lock down a point on a map, but we're making a few changes to make dislodging players from a Ward of Dawn more realistic and normal play. No, <laughs> ward of Dawn maximum health reduced from 13,500 to 8,000. Damage dealt by ward of the, to the ward by PvE combatants has been reduced to compensate. In general, Ward of Dawn's effective health and PvE should not meaningfully change. So that's good thing number one. Standardize the damage dealt by each type of kinetic and energy weapon against the ward itself. Previously, energy weapons did 2.5 damage to the ward. And kinetic weapons did one times damage. Now, regardless damage type, all weapons do 1.5 damage. Armor of Light has been updated to reduce its potency in PvP. Maximum health reduced from 425 to 300. Now inherits void over shields, 50% PvE damage resistance, and no longer Nate Gates precision damage. So let's, t- let's talk a word of dot for a second here. Fine. Iron Banner Fortress is where I think this was very clearly a problem. Very clearly
1: an awesome problem for a Titan who uses bubble.
0: Well, use something else. Um everybody hates you. I know. That's why it was awesome. It I didn't have a problem with the bubbles itself. I had a problem with there being like six bubbles on the team.
1: Oh my gosh. Man, I was playing one time I was I was playing a game last weekend there. Like I popped a bubble and then I was playing with Mitch, so Mitch popped a bubble. And then we were playing with my friend Jeff, and he was playing Titan. He never, he doesn't really play Titan. He made the Warlock. And he was like, what should I play in this mode? I'm like, you should play Bubble Titan, just in case we don't have one. And he popped a bubble. And then two other... T- we had five bubbles on top of this thing. <laughs> and then the other team started popping bubbles. There was like eight or nine bubbles in the same
0: area. It was hilarious. Yeah, I, I'm not about that life. I know, but it was it, was it got it got really it got really annoying. I wasn't as annoyed by it by as some people. I think what bothers me more is the constant up char uptime of uh, void over shields. I think that's what genuinely annoys me the most, um, and that, that's addressed below. But uh, hopefully, this reduces it a little bit for the next Iron Banner, um, so that I'm not seeing 15 million bubble titans running around.
1: It also yeah. didn't
0: help that they encouraged you to run void. I feel like that yeah. was another big thing too. Like, oh, great. Um, yeah. we figured out ways to counter bubbles, but you still had to do it correctly. Um, yeah. and it definitely does become a thing in trials as well. Like, not as bad, but it definitely becomes a thing in trials where oh we we just pop a bubble over the point if we need to. Yeah. Um, similarly. Thundercrash is proving to be too difficult to counter or escape in high-level crucible modes, and is too strong at both its pseudo-roaming and shutdown rolls. I agree. Our goal with these changes is to bring it in line without compromising its fantasy or of allowing you to be the missile. This also felt like a good opportunity to get Fist of Havoc, a damage boost against PvE. Thundercrash reduced maximum flight time by half a second from five seconds to four and a half seconds. Reduced size of the damaging volume around the player while in flight by 20% and pushed it further forward in front of the player to make flyby disintegrations more intentional. Descent now begins earlier in flight. Reduced landing detonation size versus players by 20%. Unchanged versus PvE. Should be noted, unchanged in PvE. So keep being the missile, everybody. I love you. If you run this in high in high level raids, I love you. I love you so much for running this. God bless you. And in Fist of Havoc, increase PVE damage by twenty percent. Nobody's using Fist of Havoc. Just straight up, nobody's going to use Fist of Havoc. Um, I think these are these are fair changes. Um, that detonation size is massive. Yeah, it's fucking huge.
1: It's pretty big,
0: and it lasts forever.
1: Yeah, it's pretty long. Yeah, it's 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 time. It, it's, it's time. It's time. You guys had your fun, okay? Just like you I had, had my your fun. fun.
0: It's still going to be an extremely viable option in PvP. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, I, I like the I like these changes personally. Um, but I also am not a Titan main. ARC 3.0 Spark of Resistance Fragment is achieving our intended goal of making close-range combat safer to engage with, but it's a bit too easy to keep rolling through an entire PvE encounter or Crucible Skirmish. We're making a couple changes here to increase the difficulty of doing so without changing the potency while you're in the fray. Nearby enemy count requirement for activation has been changed from 2 to 3, and linger time after you're no longer surrounded from 4 seconds to 2 seconds. Cool. With Solar 3.0, increased Daybreak duration provided by Atumna Flame was removed, which has left Daybreak in a lackluster place. In addition to the cooldown reduction detailed above, we're reducing its attack cost and increasing its damage output against PvE targets. Uh, Super energy cost refunded from 10% to 6.5% per swing increased PvE damage by 25%. I'm curious to see if this gets any use in PvE. I still don't think it's going to, but... Yeah. Cool? Question mark? Neat. I'll wait and see if somebody makes a really OP build for it, but uh, I never really saw these in PvE to begin with, and I still don't think we're going to see them in PvE. Yeah. And in Phoenix Dive. Phoenix Dive has struggled to find a solid role in most gameplay styles, and it's too difficult to justify picking over healing or empowering rifts or making a suite of changes to increase its viability across game modes, including a base cooldown reduction. Base cooldown reduced from 82 seconds to a whopping 55 seconds. While Heat Rises is active, Restoration Duration increased from 1 second to 3 seconds. While Daybreak is active, Phoenix Dive's cooldown is significantly reduced, allowing for rapid reactivations. And also while Daybreak is active, the Detonation maximum damage is increased from 80 to 220. This might, this might help with it. I genuinely think this might get more people using it. Or at least experimenting with it. We'll see. Yeah. Oh man. I'm very excited about this next one. Guardians are getting a little sturdier. Starting in Lightfall, physics collisions damage will no longer be lethal to Guardians. Fall damage will still be lethal when Lightfall launches, but we plan to also make that non-lethal in a mid-season update. You'll still take damage from physics collisions, but it will generally leave you at 1 HP instead of outright splattering you. We'll hope you'll take this newfound freedom and run with it. We found it's more fun to hurl ourselves headlong into danger without worrying about what's in our way. Very excited. This has taken way too long. No more notes. No more notes, please. (laughs) New tools in the arsenal. We're adding some new fragments to the light subclasses, updating a handful of fragments on solar and void, tie into the new subclass pickups, void breaches and fire spikes. Some of these fragment additions are intended as spiritual successors to combat style mods that aren't making the jump over to the new armor crafting system. And some are brand new additions intended to access the subclass, open access to subclass verbs that some classes did not have before here's the details the two new spark the two new uh aspects for arc spark of instinct when critically wounded taking damage from nearby enemies emits emits a burst of damaging arc energy that jolts targets and spark of haste you have greatly increased resilience recovery and mobility while sprinting very excited for that one. As someone who has run ARC pretty much exclusively since uh, ARC 3.0 came out, extremely yeah. excited about this one. Um, solar. Firespites. That's their, That's the new verb we're using here. Firespites Firespite. are created by a suite of new and existing solar fragments and grant grenade energy on pickup. So basically, kind of how we pick up um, elemental wells now. Ember of Mercy is brand new. When you revive an ally, you and other nearby allies gain restoration. Picking up a fire spike grants restoration. That's that's going to be a big one for uh, for healing classes. Yeah. An Ember of Resolve, Solar Grenade, Final Blows, cheer you! I cannot wait to see those uh, guys like Joasis who run an insane fusion grenade build. Yeah. Uh, constantly be healing themselves. I think that's going to be awesome. Man, that's going to be. I'm going to have
1: to get that build from him. Uh... I am. T- I. I'm gonna have to get it
0: too. And then you have. Uh, we have three updates to uh, to uh, these aspects. Ember of tempering now creates a fire spite on solar weapon kills when active, in addition to its original effects. Ember of combustion now creates a fire spite on super solar defeats, in addition to original effects. And ember of searing now creates a fire spite when defeating scorched targets, in addition to its original effects. So uh, some of the better aspects just got better and then Void. Let's talk about Void Breaches. Void Breaches are created by a selection of new and existing Void Fragments and grant class ability energy on pickup. God bless you guys for doing this on a class <laughs> where Hunters get to go invisible even more. I hate you. I hate you so right um, that, and, that and the Overshields. That and the Titan Overshields. This is fucking absurd. Uh, even the Child of the Old Gods. I mean, there's, there's three things that are just going to be nightmares for everybody here. So the two new uh, aspects we get are Echo of Cessation, which is finish your final blows, create a burst of void damage to cause nearby enemies to become volatile. Defeating volatile targets creates a void breach. An Echo of Vigilance. Defeating a target when your shields are depleted grants you a temporary void overshield. God damn, that's going to be essential. That is absolutely going to be essential for people trying to solo things. Um, and for raids. I mean, damn, I have to run a lot of void in raids. I'm very excited for this one. And the, uh, we have updates to Echoes uh, of Domineering. Creates a Void Breach when defeating suppressed targets. So great for combining with, uh, anything, with uh, suppression grenades or with smoke bombs. Uh, Echo of Harvest creates a Void Breach when defeating weakened targets with precision damage. And Echo of Starvation now grants Devour on picking up a Void Breach in addition to its original effects. So, good lord. Jeez. Good lord. Man, that's going to have a suppression grenade. That's going to be fucking pretty. wild. It's going to be fucking wild. All right, yeah. we're almost done. We are we're sure? almost done. We get to move on to the TWAB now. I'm extremely excited. The TWAB. The TWAB. Um, so, opening up in the TWAB, uh, there, there were some horrible earthquakes in uh, Syria and Turkey earlier this week uh, there is an emblem you can donate to the you can donate to uh, direct relief and international rescue uh, committee and get a uh, if you donate $25 or more uh, through the bungee site you will get a special emblem in game uh, compassion concentric emblem um, so you can get that Um, the strange trailer is here and then uh, there's a thing about latency uh we've all noticed that latency has been really 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 bad this season
1: you know what i you know what i noticed it is like so uh my friend that i play with sometimes jeff he uh he plays on pc Mm -hmm. and mitch and i both play on xbox i noticed it a lot when we're connected with him for some reason
0: yep i've i've noticed the exact same thing yep yeah Uh, earlier this season we started investigating a new latency issue the end effect you would see is one or more players standing against the wall or not taking any damage for several seconds teleporting across the map and possibly killing you after learning this could even happen in private matches we were able to eliminate the new matchmaking changes as a possible cause we then looked at new features as the possible culprit and after ruling those out we started looking at external sources Valve has constantly been making improvements to Steam Datagram Relay service to provide safe, high-quality Destiny 2 connections. In this case, they found new relays which were not configured properly and severely impacted network quality between players between peak hours. Problematic relays were taken offline at 3 p.m. last Friday pending a more thorough investigation, and this appears to have resolved the immediate issue for players. This doesn't solve all latency problems in games and has fixed this particularly thorny issue that has plagued the game since the start of Season 19. In our own investigations, we also found a few, few hidden bugs that should be fixed with Lightfall. These should improve network quality even further for players with good network connections. Thank you fucking God. Because mm-hmm. I cannot tell you how much of a nightmare Iron Banner was when I was playing with PC players. Right. It was fine when I was just console, when it was console to console, when I was playing with groups of PC players, or even in trials, there were people teleporting all over the place. Yeah. It was awful. It was absolutely awful. It was a completely miserable experience. Yeah. So... If you've been having questions, there are there is a nice little graph here. Um, and on it, you can clearly see where uh, Iron Banner was, and that's where the spikes really started happening. Yeah. So, uh, and you can see where uh, <laughs> the character deletion scare was, the offline for rollback, and how Iron Banner really is, like, the big one. Yeah. Um, that's really where it is. There were some with the Dawning. The Dawning had a big spike, also. Um, but yeah, there's there's some shit that's gone on there. Yeah. Um, with great strand power comes great fashionability. Um, just some updates for some of your stuff, for some exotic emotes, some uh, some ornaments, um, ghost projections, etc. To work with uh, strand. Uh, Strand Colors, um, Subclass Agnostic, Legendary Finishers. Um, Those are now going to glow green, and they actually look really cool. Um, And then the uh, Solstice Armor sets are being updated as well. Um, Those look pretty dope. Uh, For those of you who prefer function over fashion, good news. Following Armor and Weapon perks will also be compatible with Strand when applicable, come Lightfall. These include Elemental Capacitor, Osmosis, Explosive Payload, dragonfly, cluster bombs, chain reaction, chromatic fires, crystalline transistor, mantle battle harmonies absorption shells, bombardier's parting gift, verity brows fourth magic, fell winter's helm, warlords end, and more as a possibility in the future post launch. So, kind of curious to see how that one's going to go. Here is probably the biggest thing of consequence in here. It's it's kind of a little throwaway paragraph, but Early warning for folks looking to prepare for weapon crafting in Lightfall. As part of an initiative to integrate weapon crafting into the broader core economy, we will be completely removing resonance elements from the game. Standard currencies such as glimmer, enhancement cores, etc., will replace the element costs that exist today. We will also be removing the deep site attunement objective altogether. That's awesome.
1: I saw this floating around the Discord today, all this oh, stuff. Oh, man,
0: I'm so fucking pumped for that. That yeah. sentence alone, that sentence yeah. alone, man. That so. you could have just made that one sentence the TWAB, and I would have said it's the best TWAB of the month. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Uh, resonant and Harmonic Alloys will still be used at launch. However, we are planning to overhaul these currencies later in the light fall year. Ascendant Alloys will remain as is for now. Much of this info is hot off the press, so apologize for the late warning. Um, this sounds like something they were probably planning for the season after and then saw just all the chaos around we're not getting the patterns that we wanted or needed and just giving it to us, essentially. Um, so very, very interested to see how this is going to play out in-game um, and how weapon patterns are going to be obtained going forward. Uh-huh. Um, great. Then, this is great news. This is great stuff. It's great. It's great. Love it. Great shit. Top, top-tier top shit. Top-tier, top-tier. Shit. Top tier shit. We have the winners of the Halloween Fashion Contest, Corey. Great. Love it. Let's break this down. Do it. Hunters had 56% of the vote for Team Spider. I don't know who the fuck was voting Team Beetle for the Hunters, but whoever you are, I will Somebody was. Somebody was. Titans also said they were Team Spider with a whopping 72% of the votes. As they should. It should have been higher. It probably should have been higher because that beetle set is awful. Warlocks broke the mode altogether with team beetle taking 53% of the votes. I really can't believe that that one was close. I think that the beetle set is significantly better than the spider set, but I don't think I, the spider set is very good either. I 100% agree. I don't think either set is good, but the beetle set is definitely better. Yeah. I can't believe it was that close. Yeah. And then the trials map this week. If you're listening to this, trials is live or will be live in a few hours. Radiant Cliffs. So, good luck. Good luck if you plan on playing Trials this weekend. Probably going to be me. Um. So, items being deprecated at the start of year six. I want to talk about this real fast. So, um, all bounties, mission, and quests from Risen, Haunted, Plunder, and Seraph all ritual and pinnacle quests and ornaments. The gear will become available in Monumental Lost Lights, Exotic Archive. Thank God I can go buy all the gambit ornaments I've skipped this year. Um Risen Umbral, all the Umbral Energies, fig- Figments of Darkness, Vestiges of Dread, etc. etc. are all gonna disappear. Exoframe modules, things like that. Uh those will be manually discarded. Uh oh, excuse me. These will be deprecated and manually discarded from player inventory. So uh a bunch of us are going to sit there and have to uh, delete stuff at the very beginning of light fall. Apparently I'll do that before I sit there and uh, join in. So very, very, very interested to see what happens there. There I thought it was listed in here and it's really bothering me that it's not, it's bothering me that it's, it, is it here? Maybe. Hang on, I'm, I'm looking at something because it's really bothering me. Um...
1: Let's describe all the things in Josh's background. Two bookshelves. A ghost. An Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, which I've, I very much appreciate. An Eevee. A Gengar. A
0: ukulele. bunch of books. And a titan shield. Okay, I had to go. To, I had to go to another. Uh, I had to go to another uh, thing here. Um. So. <clears throat> <sighs> okay. With lightfall, players can expect all season 16 to 19 content to enter the Destiny content vault, excluding. Season sixteen PsyOps Battlegrounds and Season 19 Heist Battlegrounds, which will instead be added to the Vanguard Ops playlist beginning in season twenty. We fully expected this. By the yeah. way, fully expected this. Six new activities going straight into it. I think that's great personally. However, yeah. I want to bemoan the loss. Uh the only thing I really care about us losing. Because Vox Obscura can go burn in hell. Fuck that. Fuck that mission. That mission can go away forever. Operation Seraph Shields being taken out of the game. And that's that's kind of a sore point with me because I think that's such a good mission. I think it effectively could be a dungeon if you tweaked a few things. Yeah, it really feels like it was meant to be a dungeon originally, and that, I think that's why it's not sitting well with me. Mm-hmm. Um, it is super cool. Yeah, I have the same feelings about this as I do about Persage. I think both of these should still be in the game. Um, yeah, Persage is cool. I think. I mean, I think a lot of the missions. There's no. Like there's no reason really that Persage right. can't be part of the. Uh, part of the Vanguard Ops playlist. There's no reason. I understand not having Hawkmoon, the Hawkmoon quest in there. I get that. But there's no reason that Presage and Seraph Shield cannot be part of the game. There's absolutely no reason. Um, That really bothers me. Um, Josh is visibly upset for you audio listeners. I mean, I, I guess I'm just... I'm ag- I'm just I guess I'm just aggravated. Um I don't see any reason for Sarah Shield to be vaulted when it largely reuses assets. Um catch crash I get I get vaulting catch crash. There's I mean you could add that as a Vanguard op, but that's a six person activity, so why would you do that? Um, everybody complained about it the whole season anyways, that and the expeditions, all y'all did was complain about those. So don't pretend like you like them now. And I, I, I I'm kind of saying this because I'm reading this off of, um, the link that destiny tracker posted and mm-hmm. whoever wrote this is just clearly bitching and complaining about it. Um, I understand the, criticism <laughs> here, um, and we've talked about it before. Of wanting to see a playlist filled with Zero Hour, Whisper the Worm, Box Obscura, and more, Uh, bringing them back in a Forgotten Adventure style playlist would certainly bring more engagement and joy than a quick Battleground run. I don't know if I agree with that. I like that Battlegrounds are mixed in with those strikes because let me tell you something. I'm fucking tired of strikes that have been in here since the Red War. Yeah, I'm really fucking sick of Lake of Shadow, especially all the strikes with Cade in them too, like on on Nessus. Dude, yeah, I'm I'm kind of I'm over shit from year one. Yeah. Uh, I'm over from Forsaken as well. So, like, listen, I don't really care, but if you're really going to sit here and be upset that these feel more hollow than a strike, you cannot tell me that those feel more hollow than fucking Lake of Shadows. Yeah. You cannot actually tell me that with a straight face. I'm sorry that you have people who are going to have to do actual objectives now. I'm so I'm sorry that people will, that inevitably you're going to land on that Mars battleground and you're just going to go to orbit. hmm everyone's going to go to orbit because that's the most aggravating one. Yep. So can't wait, can't wait for that to happen. Um, Outside of that, like that doesn't really bother me. I like the idea of doing, and I I said this before, I like the idea of doing battlegrounds as a seasonal activity at least once a year, because I think that that gives you an opportunity to add more to that playlist. Yeah. But I would almost rather see that energy be put, I'd rather get a crappier seasonal activity Personally, or like a more lackluster one and get a couple more strikes throughout the year. Yeah. Um, you know, we got the three returning strikes from Destiny 1 with Beyond Light. We got Glassway and then we got Proving Grounds. We got Proving Grounds as a seasonal strike. And I think a lot of us were like, oh my God, we got Proving Grounds as a strike. We could get strikes during these seasons. And, you know, nothing now. Two years later, nothing. Um, I like to see a return to that. We got two strikes with Witch Queen, which fine. I don't think either one of them lit people's worlds on fire because yeah. they're just both very aggravating in different ways. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: um, which is which is good because it makes you actually try for those grandmasters. Um, but they're just they're just across the board kind of aggravating. It's like uh, okay, can we can we get some? I I think that this person's kind of onto something. Like, can we get some of this old shit back? Like, there's no reason why Zero Hour can't be in it. And I get why you take some of this stuff out because you have all those assets sitting there just for these missions. Right. But give me the option to optionally download them. Right. Like, I would keep them on there just because I want to keep them on there.
1: Like, There's I think...
0: Really There's no reason why you can't be in game.
1: Yeah. So, I was thinking about this while you were just talking about it. Like, you said optionally download them. But, like, what if you... Any strike from like, like, even before, even Shadow Keep, before Shadow Keep, like, they could give you a list of do you want to opt out of these strikes? You know? So, do you think that would be too hard to, I, I
0: mean, well, I, I do think that, I do think that's too hard. And also, I think that that, that brings us back to the days of when PlayStation had exclusive strikes because yeah. then it's like, well, we can't make any of those strikes ever grandmasters. I think the incentive for Bungie should be to go back and rework those, assuming that these planets become unvaulted at some point after the final shape or with the final shape, they become unvaulted. Yeah. Revisit the enemy density in these strikes, because I think you could have some really wild stuff. Sabathun's song in particular could get nutty with the right kind of adjustments.
1: I'm really tired of loading into Exodus down and dying on my Sparrow because I'm, I didn't get on it fast enough or like my Sparrow menu stays open too long.
0: I, I fucking hate Exodus down. There is no strike that makes me quit like that one. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. that there's a time and a place. And I mean, I, I floated the idea in the past that, you know, Hey, maybe like when you download, when you have to download the new season, it could rotate in other strikes and just into the playlist for you. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't think anybody would object to that. Yeah. Um that they would just be like in the nightfall rotation for the season. Maybe they're yeah. vaulted ones you could rotate them in. I don't think anyone would object to it. But you gotta figure out how you're gonna do that because I do think that, that I don't think that adds too much to the game memory, and I think that's something you could totally do. Yeah. Uh, especially with the planets that haven't been vaulted. I don't know how many things we have from planets that aren't vaulted that have been, like, strikes that have been vaulted. Uh, I'm sure we have several, but there's no reason why you can't block off those areas, like, just throw up an invisible wall somewhere on a few of these. Yeah. Um, Like, Pyramidian, there's no reason why we can't have the Pyramidian strike back. Right. No reason why we can't have that strike we got for, like, less than a year on IO back. No reason why, like some of the Tangled Shore stuff can't just exist by itself. Um, I think you have an opportunity there to to do some of these and you need to take that opportunity. Probably you probably need to seize. Like I'm thinking about, there's only one strike on Titan. There were a couple on IO. Ultimately there were a couple on the Tangled Shore. Um, the Mercury run, the Mercury ones, I mean, how much is it really going to cost to put Mercury back in the game, let's be honest? How much memory does that really take? Yeah,
1: I mean, like, I guess you would have to account for the for the the okay. Infinite Force stuff, but... Which I don't
0: think is that much. Irregardless, I don't think it's that bad. Uh, I mean, for Mars, for God's sake, for the strike, you already have half the assets in the game. Because of Battlegrounds. Yeah, it's true. You already have that in there. Um, and what's the other one? The Noctis one. Yeah. Okay, so you have to bring back the other part. Like big whoop. There, the the bottom line is, I don't think this is too. I don't think this is too much to ask. I, I don't think it's too much to ask, and I do think that post final or with final shape, we get this. What I would ultimately love to see is, I'd love for them to pull a fast one on us and like we reclaim the planets, like one a season we have four seasons between now and the final shape let us reclaim a (coughs) season yeah that'd be cool just please don't make me go back to the tangled shore i don't give a fuck about the tangled shore all my homies hate the tangled shore what if what
1: if that was like what, what if spider goes back there and like there's like one mission left there where you have to like somehow save spider and then the tangled shore just blows up so you can't get there anymore
0: I would love it. I would love it. That would be the all-time greatest Destiny mission for me. Um, I'm kidding. I actually want, I want the Tangle Chore back just because it had like the easiest Lost Sector ever to speed run for some of these bounties and uh, that's fair. weapon quests. That's um fair. But yeah, that's that's it for the twelve. There's not a whole lot in the twelve this week. Thank God, because it's been a it's been really busy with these blogs. I'm gonna need these blogs to cool it. Oh, excuse me. We do have we do actually have something else. Uh-oh. We do actually have something else. Um, this is an art movie of the week. I know that like a lot of us probably aren't submitting things to it. Um, I'm certainly not talented enough to. Um, so we've noticed that the standard movie of the week and art of the week tags are starting to get a little convoluted with other content, some a little less appropriate than others. Make sure your submissions are seen online by the wider community. We encourage the use of Destiny 2 Art of the Week and Destiny 2 Movie of the Week going forward. That's basically all of you who are creating, like, fake, like, I don't know, lewd images. Stop that. Go to horny jail. Um, And then there's a thing on AI art here.
1: Can I I, I say something real quick? I saw a really hilarious... Image the other day with a really hilarious caption, and it was it was somebody had screenshotted it and, and posted it somewhere. Uh-huh. But they it was like this like deviant art image of Crow and Mara like making out and like half naked. That's gross. And they were like, "I." The person who posted that said, "I I wish these two were a thing." And the co- first comment underneath, "You clearly didn't play Destiny one." <laughs>
0: yeah. Or pay attention in season of the lost. Oh, it's so good. So, oh. in last week's swap, there was an AI art submission, which oh, caused uh, quite a bit of outrage. Yeah. During the week, over the weekend, um, and I completely agree with that outrage. By the way. Um, Last week, an AI art submission was mistakenly featured in our blog. The process of choosing these involves a team effort. And with this technology being so new, we didn't have full way of knowing what submissions are AI art. It was pretty fucking obvious. It was pretty clear by looking at it. Hey, this was computer generated, namely because you had fucking fingers. There were fingers. Also, just like the whole background of it all. It was, it was bad. Yeah. We want to keep the celebration of our community for those who work hard to bring their creative selves to the forefront when creating works that are the, that the Traveler would find joy in. Because of this, we will not knowingly ever feature AI art submissions as potential Art of the Week or Movie of the Week winner. That being said, this is still new. We ask for grace if we mistakenly feature a submission generated by AI, and a respectful heads up should it ever happen again in the future. We appreciate the assist. And then, friends that join in. Emblems take time, and we've seen instances where two to three folks working on a video suddenly turns into 20 or more, and often the same names circulate on a significant number of submissions that are unrelated to one another. To keep these going, something needed to change. The same rule still applies from before. Any person involved must be listed in the original posting for Art of the Week and Movie of the Week submissions. Late additions will not be included. However, we're adding one more thing to note. Please ensure all Bungie profiles are included in the initial post. Threads at the same time are fine, and that the number of creators does not exceed seven. We hope this change will keep the process of awarding the art and movie emblems honest, and something that indicates the celebration of our community. Yeah, that's that's been a big issue too. I've seen a lot of people, I've seen people be like, Hey, can you, uh, can you tell Bungie that I help with this? Because I really want the emblem. And it's a bunch of talentless fucks that want it, usually. So, stop that. Go go jo- go! join the deviant art person in the corner. Go home, you're drunk. Go home, you're drunk. You're done. You, sir, done. And then, you know, here at the very end, they say they've still got somewhere to share with us before light bulb comes out. So, God willing, this next week is like the last week of, like, major blog posts. Yeah. Because there's just been a lot of reading. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God.
1: All right, There's so much. Make it stop, Josh. Just make it stop. just
0: Corey, if I could, I would. We have two questions from the community this week. Not a lot this week. Very, very slow week. Uh, I did not put up a reminder for questions. But uh, we had two There's questions a... come in. Uh, Nitro TJ writes in, If you could have any IRL gun in Destiny, what would it be? Examples would be a 1911. An M4 shotgun, a scar, or a Barrett 50 cal sniper rifle. I'm gonna be completely honest with you, TJ. I am not a gun person. Yeah, I'm not a gun person either. I no. am not I am not a gun enthusiast. I cannot begin to tell you what gun I would put in this game. I know what a revolver is, I know what a handgun is, and I know what a hunting rifle is. As well as like a very basic shotgun to use for skeet shooting that is used at Boy Scout camp. That is the extent of my gun knowledge. I do not know guns beyond that. Yeah. I, am a pa- I am a pacifist. Um, I I very much have never been comfortable using a gun in real life. Um, I had friends who liked to go to the shooting range when I was a teenager. <clears throat> and even in college. And I hated doing it. Um, I have just never... I've never been a gun person. So I cannot provide you with an answer to your question. I'm sorry. Yeah.
1: I mean, I guess if I was to base it off of other games, like something like the Division, I like the kind of marksman rifle type Mm -hmm. thing, which is like a a little bit. It would be like a little bit longer than a than a scout rifle, but shorter range than a um, sniper. A sniper rifle. So that's that would be my pick. But I don't really know guns either. I'm not gonna lie to you. So sorry.
0: Womp womp. You know what I know? Destiny guns. Destiny guns. Yep. I'm very I'm very knowledgeable about Destiny guns. Um And then uh Tiger Jesus asks, Do you think Stasis gets any new grenades, melees, or supers at any point in the year of Lightfall? Grenades, yes, melees probably, supers no.
1: Yeah, I don't think we'll get a super. I think the last super will come in with the final shape.
0: I would be very surprised if they gave us another Stasis Super, just knowing how much Stasis basically broke the game the last time they gave us Supers. Uh, Um, I think they're more concerned about Strand at this point, but I absolutely... If anybody got that email this week that showed them their breakdown of subclass usage over the last year, every single image I saw had, like, nothing for Stasis, with the exception of Phil. Phil had, like, 85% Stasis usage. Phil. Which, honestly, was fucking hilarious. My, hey, my man loves acres, okay? Hey, man. Good good for him, you know? And I can't tell you how many times that and his stasis grenades has saved my ass over the last year. But, by and large, stasis has... I don't want to say been left in the dust, but definitely is lackluster compared to the others, for the most part. Yeah. There's a few very specific instances where it's really, really good. But other than that, it's like,
1: eh,
0: you are probably not using this too much. Yeah. And... I do think that aspects and grenades are something that are surely needed. I would say it's a virtual guarantee you're going to get new aspects. Uh, aspects or, frag- excuse me, probably fragments is, is the better word. I don't think you're getting any more aspects. I think those are, those are done. They might give you, like, one new one at some point. Yeah. But um, I think... Do you think
1: they're going to more- have a way to get the stasis stuff without having to do all the extra stuff from Beyond Light?
0: They have to. This is fucking... It's fucking unbearable. Yeah. It's awful.
1: Look, not that I don't enjoy... Didn't enjoy the Beyond Light campaign and the stuff afterwards, but I can't mm-hmm. do it three times. That's another yep. thing, too, which, I'm, I mean, we can talk about this at, a, at another point. But, like, what really irks me is that, like, campaign-driven missions should be account-based. I'm sorry. I, you know, I can't... I. So many people would like to play have like a secondary or tertiary character and they just can't do it because they don't have time or they just don't want to play the campaign stuff again. Right? And I don't know, man. I anyways, that was my rant about doing the campaign like three
0: times with all the extra stuff. Uh, yeah, I yeah, I can't I can't do it again. There's no way. Yeah. Um yeah, but new new fragments are surely needed. We haven't had any since, obviously, the third season of Beyond Light. I think Splicer is the last time we got new fragments. Um, fragments aspects, I always get them confused. But that's the last time we got anything new for Stasis. Um, I would say if they do give us more, um, because they say there's, there's more stuff coming this year. Um, I think a Stasis update could come with... I don't think it'll come in the second season. I think they want to let Strand have a little bit more time in the sun to settle and possibly give us some new to uh, new aspects there. Um, I think it'll come with the third season this year yeah. um, because I think they'd like to get those tuned and out of the way before final shape and whatever the final subclass ends up being with final shape. Yeah. Um, <sighs> yeah. Yep. I can new grenade type probably a given because, but at the same time, I'm not sure because there's three grenade types for including the grapple for strand, I don't know if they want to get that out of balance. And there's so many. The reason why the light subclasses have so many, because they each only had three originally also, is because you can use all the classes now. Yeah. So I just don't know if they want to get like overwhelmed there. So I would say you might be in for a melee ability before grenades, frankly. It probably goes aspects, melee, grenade, and then super is like all the way down in extremely highly improbable. I won't say impossible, because as we've seen, like, the last couple weeks have been, like, a fever dream of things that we've been begging for. Yeah. Um, But I think that there's going to be other things that occupy their thoughts and time. Yeah. Um, I would love some, like, new
1: kind of takes on some
0: melee stuff, to be honest. I would, too. And then I remember how much I like my stasis throwing stars, and I don't really give a shit anymore. Yeah. I'm going to be totally honest. Well, I'm tired of building walls, man. And sure. I think about stasis turrets, and I think warlocks feel the exact same way that I do. So, um, we're gonna read uh, for a lore corner. We're gonna do a quick lore corner. We're gonna read out of the uh, the book uh, of Osiris of the Osiris notes, the uh, the debriefings that uh, Ikora does with uh, Osiris. Love it. So, I want to read from the beginning. I want to read the prologue, and then I want to re- I want to skip all the way to the end. Frankly. Um, we're gonna read little bits and pieces from these, uh, for the next couple weeks until we actually get to Lightfall and we have a whole bunch of new lore. But, um, this is a conversation between Ikora, by, between Ikora and her ghost, uh, I believe. Um, let me make sure that I have, that I'm actually on the first page. Yeah, I might be missing a page in here, actually. No, I guess I'm not. Um, it's just missing some punctuation. It's not that I disagree with the judgment call, Orphicus said, and revolved gently on the spot, but you can't go easy on him. It's an evaluation, not an interrogation. Ikora did not give in to the impulse to fold her arms. This time. You know what I mean. Ikora sighed very softly. He was right, all things considered. I don't intend to, and I'm well aware there's been an equal helping of suspicion on me for not seeing through Sabathun's deception. We didn't see through it. Orphicus' correction was... Or. Oh, I don't know how to pronounce that. That's not an R in there. That's a P. Whatever. Uh, Apicuus's correction was as firm as his earlier challenge. It was a complex series of failures that can't be laid on any one person. Ikora shook her head. She never could have seen. She never could have impersonated him so successfully if Sagira was alive. Loss echoed loudly. In that respect, I suppose Zivu Arath did her sister a favor, Ikora finished. Yes, it's sad. Something unsaid lingered there. But, Ikora prompted, but, Ophicius continued, you cannot tell me you don't. You didn't think it too. Just for a moment, about bringing her shell back to the relic on Mars. There was a moment, just a breath, where I hoped, Ikora agreed, I shouldn't have. Hope doesn't often obey wisdom, Ophicius fixed her with his single gimlet eye. Though he wasn't wrong, Ikora wasn't wholly interested in being generous to her failings. All of the hope in the world doesn't change facts. A relic of darkness is unlikely to be capable of restoring a ghost crafted largely of light. No matter how nice it would be if Sagira could simply pick right back up with Osiris, wash away these last months just like that. Our problems never solve so easily, Ophikia said, not unkindly. He drifted close enough to bump against Ikora's shoulder, just above the shimmer of her bond. Ikora steadied herself. Untrue. Evil Levante provides us perfectly fixable problems. A little whir of amusement. Shall we see if the witness is afraid of the dawning? The thought compelled an exchange of almost stifled laughter. Doubtful, Ikora mused. The mental image was a good buoy. In any case, I'll speak with Osiris alone, although the records will be available to you. I'm sure you may spot something I've missed. Oficius hummed a bit more. You know he may never be ready for the field again. He certainly wouldn't like to be told that, Ikora held up her hand before her ghost could answer but one step at a time, field readiness assessment before we make any determination, the same way we would for any hidden agent who's come out of a dark place. Her mouth twisted twisted wry. Wouldn't it be nice if checking in on Osiris could be as simple as asking, are you all right? Huh! Oficius said, pessimism in a single syllable. It'll never happen. Then I want to read the uh, contextual notes on the first debriefing with Osiris. Osiris looked smaller than my memory of him. It's as if the version of him that Sabathun played played was based on our expectations, the larger-than-life man and the long shadow he's always cast. Or perhaps she played an Osiris newly separated from Segura, the one who did not yet feel the weight of the loss, had not been given the chance to. Now, Osiris seems plainly human, in a way he never has, even at his most despairing, and I barely think I recognize him but today a familiar glimmer of his former self roused over the strong scent of the tea I made, and gave me a sort of patient-impatient look over the brim of the cup, as if to say he knows what I'm about, and is going to do me the courtesy of not mentioning it. That's just as well. Osiris has never been one to sit down and talk openly about his feelings, and I doubt very much of his time in Savathun's possession will change that. Still, as I said to Ophicous, a shared pretext can go a very long way toward between those long familiar with each other.
1: Man, Osiris, I wonder if, so I wonder if they're going to take a stab at mental health this season at some point.
0: Yeah. I mean, they, they've dealt with grief. Um, I think mental health has to be taken. I don't. I don't even know if it's going to be this season. I think it's going to be in the expansion. Yeah. Um, Osiris is clearly so entw- entwined with the main story at this point. Yeah. Um. And from eagle-eyed screen caps we've gotten out of the trailers that they've shown us for Lightfall, it appears that Osiris is going to be a vendor on Neptune. Yeah. Um, so I'm very curious, like, there's, you don't go throwing Osiris's imagery into the Collector's Edition and making the whole thing really about him in a lot of ways. Um, I mean, there's a note as soon as you open it up from Zavala about Osiris. Yeah. And about how they aren't quite sure if they can trust him, but they're basically going to leave it to our judgment. So, of course, we all know what's going to happen there. Yeah, there's going to be some sort of tomfoolery.
1: Some trickery, Josh.
0: There definitely is. And then Osiris is going to save us. He's going to die. So I want to read. I, uh, gonna uh, really I mean, die. I'm going to keep. I'm going to keep reading from this. the The actual interviews, um, you can find uh, scans of them online, and I'll I'll go through and like find if there's any like interesting nuggets there that I want to uh, read about, but I'm. I'm very curious, Um, because I think the transcript for the second briefing is a lot more interesting than the first. The first is kind of like a reintroduction to Osiris and Ikor's relationship, Um, but the second debriefing opens up with contextual notes. Um, I want to skip down to about the fourth paragraph. Um, I had something extra for Osiris this time, Sagira's shell. It had been held in secure hidden storage due to the value of the attached memories. But Over the course of Lin-357's assessment of the Altars of Reflection, I was assured his thoroughness had extracted anything we could possibly gain from it. So while the other artifacts have remained locked away in a secure vault, this one I brought to return to Osiris. I offered him Sagira's shell without any other indication of what I meant to accomplish. Osiris cradled her between his hands with the utmost tenderness, and his face... I wonder how I could have mistaken Sabathun for him. I wonder how I could have suspected the man before me. It seems clear now, in retrospect, of course, with the one to hold up beside the other. Sabathun had never spoken very much of Segura's loss, and I had taken it for grief compressed, coping tied firmly down not to be addressed. I had thought it was not my business to tell him how to grieve. Not when Zivu Arath and the then-Cabal Empire were knocking at our door with wrath and battering rams. Oh, but this, this is a grief too big for even a man of his caliber to chain down. And then I want to, the last thing we're going to read tonight is the transcript of their conversation. I want to skip down here a little bit. <clears throat> Icora, the judgment call is still mine. In truth, it is highly improbable that Savathun would repeat the same trick twice. Besides that, she is dead. Osiris. Is she truly? I was told she had a ghost. Ikora. Imaru, yes. He yet survives. But we have sequestered Sabathun's body securely, and my hidden scraped the area for erratic genetic material. Osiris, that's no guarantee. Ikora. This tactic worked in a dark age. It seems to hold. We have seen no evidence of a resurgence. Osiris. hm, I wouldn't be so sure. She's managed greater deceptions. Icora, the ghosts also don't think it possible with the precautions we've taken. The disintegration might be catastrophic to that cause, but keeping the body intact and inaccessible seems to work. Osiris, the Dark Age was a long time ago now. Who knows what innovations the Hive have brought to the ghosts? Ikora, they are still ghosts. Osiris, are they? Ikora, while we may distinguish between lightbearers and guardians, there is no equivalent for ghosts, and a difference in nomenclature would hardly make a change to their capabilities. Osiris, we must be pre- prepared for a ploy we cannot see, Ikora. Where does this confidence come from when the Queen of Lies is the opponent? Ikora, we do have an informant when it comes to the Hive, a conscientious objector. Well, for obvious reasons, I can't say more. We are not so directly inhibited when it comes to the matters of the Lucian Hive's capabilities. Osiris, tell me when you are able. I think this is kind of fascinating. Um. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's...
1: Man, it really, it really, it really sounds like they're trying to figure this all out, right? I mean
0: it sounds like they're trying to figure this out, but I think that this also gives credence to the theory that we've expressed in the past that eventually Finch is going to get a real guardian. Yeah. Um, And I think it would be very touching if it was either Eris or Osiris. Uh, At this point, I honestly think it would be, I think it would almost be more powerful if it was Osiris. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think I think initially we were talking about Eris, obviously, because she's so connected to the hive and the darkness, yeah. and you know that whole story arc. But like, you know, I and now I mean now Osiris is so tied to them because of his his uh, takeover of, from Sabathoon, right? And like yeah. that whole thing. And I I agree with you. I think it would be more powerful if if finch went to osiris i I really do especially with like the whole storyline they they explore like really kind of push to the forefront with with saint and osiris last season right at the end of last season and them kind of wanting to maybe live a life together or something like that i think that would be way more powerful at this point
0: Um yeah uh, I'm, I'm curious to see what they do um I am very invested. It's clear. They're very invested in Osiris. And I don't think you can just go like kill him off after he was possessed for an entire year. Yeah. And then we spent another year trying to figure out how to wake him up essentially. Yeah. Um, but Osiris and, uh, it's pretty clear that Osiris and, uh, Eris have a lot of meaning here as we approach the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I mean, from the trailer, I mean, Osiris is basically narrating the Strand abilities. Oh, yeah. He's talking about Strand. We talked once back, well, not just us, but like the whole community talked about the Darkness Vanguard, as we called it when Stasis came out, of Eris, Drifter, and Elsie. Yeah. I'm starting to think Eris, Drifter, and Osiris is more like what we're going to end up with. If Osiris is the one teaching us Strand. And with it not being an actual like element tied to anything, it's something that we learn, and it's more of like a nano machine type thing from the Cloud Striders. I yeah. I do wonder if that's basically what Osiris uses, but also I wonder if he embraces stasis at a certain point. Yeah, um, if he doesn't really have a choice. Yeah,
1: I've been I've also been thinking like with his kind of exploration into darkness powers, obviously, and, and Strand. If they, if he either somehow manipulates cloud strider technology or even gets a, gets his own version of, of Elsie's Puka, right? Like I, I I just, I don't know. I've been thinking about how much like Osiris is going to stay alive, but how are they going to keep him alive? And, you know. Do they give him another ghost? Do they give him a puka? Do they do they allow him to use Strand to kind of become this immortal being? Like, is there more to Strand than we know? And that's what's keeping him, you know, safe and alive and all these other things, right? Like, I, I just don't know.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree on all that. So I'm curious to see where they take the character of Osiris. Yeah. Because it's pretty clear he has some major significance as we approach the end. Yeah. So... Corey, I think that's going to do it for us tonight.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, I think we're out of here. That was, a, that was a a beefy episode, but we did it. We did it. Um, Josh, I'm glad you're back. Um, <sighs> I'm happy two to. And, two, two and a half weeks, man.
0: Two and a half weeks. We only, we only
1: have two more episodes before, <laughs> before the expansion. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Uh, But we're going to get out of here. I want to thank everybody for watching and listening to this episode of Tower Casuals. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Tower Casuals. Join the Discord. Ask questions. Hang out with other Guardians. Play with us. It's it's a good time. Uh, Josh, as always, thank you for your time tonight. Where can we find you?
0: Uh, You can find me, as always, on Twitter, at Josh underscore Finn, two N's. uh, And you can find me in the Discord. Please come join the Discord. We're having a lot of fun in there. We've got raid groups up. For uh, week one of the Lightfall raid, uh, we're all prepared. I've got my team assembled and ready to go. Uh, I'll be going in with uh, our friend uh, friends Joasis and uh, T Fox. Uh, nice. We'll be we'll be going in uh, on the first weekend with uh, with Dealer, uh, Nadiki and Rex. Nice, uh, should be a real real fun group. I think we got two of each ready to go, ready to rock and roll. Awesome. Um, I know we've got some other groups forming uh we're gonna have some uh groups forming to run through the campaign as well um i know i'm currently planning to run through it with uh nerd generalist and uh colonel panic as is tradition and then uh, it's man it's gonna be some crazy times that's (laughs) that's gonna be a really fun week it's gonna be a busy week i hope that they hold the seasonal content for a week like they did with witch queen yeah um, just so nobody's risking getting spoiled on anything, but also for uh, greater tie-in purposes.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, I'm taking a lot of my other shows off that week so I can finish the campaign yeah. because you know, I mean, the last two times we've done this for a campaign, I haven't really finished the campaign, and I think I would be not doing the show a service if I did that a third time. So I'm going to take a couple shows off and be prepared and. and do the campaign and you know probably not the legendary campaign but you know so uh but you can find me at iamcourt hd on twitter and instagram uh and yeah I'm join the discord like us share us thank you guys everybody for listening if you're listening on apple podcasts or spotify leave us a, a like or a thumbs up or a heart or a whatever else they let you slap on there uh and we will uh, we'll see you next week. Goodbye, everybody.